Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at BrillianceSecurityMagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliant Security Magazine podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your listening. Today, our guest is John Rizanico. John is the CEO of Edge 360, and we'll talk a little bit more about who Edge 360 is and what they do. Our topic for today is going to be fascinating. I'm really excited about this topic. So we're going to be talking about a modern approach to VMS, and we'll kind of flesh that out for you to help the help the audience understand exactly what that means. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about John. So as the CEO of Edge 360, John is responsible for the global operations of the company. He brings more than 30 years of security innovation and mission-critical military leadership to the organization, and his experience and leadership are focused on developing and delivering technology-driven business services and solutions, providing outstanding client service, and providing profitable revenue growth. A Marine Corps veteran, John served as an intelligence chief. He supervised, trained, and managed a diverse group of intelligence Marines and produced various intelligence products for combat operations during the Iraqi um, Operation Iraqi Freedom. He served as the Battalion Surveillance and Reconnaissance Asset Manager, successfully implementing multiple surveillance systems in a combat environments. So that gives you a little bit understanding of, of who John is and what his history is. So welcome, John. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Steve. I appreciate being here. All right. So this is going to be fun. So uh, as we always do, well, I like to start with a little bit about your company. And, and the purpose for this question is just to help our audience understand kind of the background, the core competencies, where Edge 360 came from and, and what it is that you're doing and, and what you're doing differently in the industry today. So take a few minutes and talk to us about Edge 360. Okay. Uh, Edge, Edge 360 was uh, founded in 2010. So we've, we've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are, uh, our backgrounds all come out of, uh, in, you know, the government side of the house, providing pr- primarily command and control technologies and solutions into some form of government. Okay. Um, so back in 2010, when we formed Edge 360, um, you know, we did it with the purpose of, of, uh, providing command, uh, uh control operating, uh, systems into the government. And we quickly realized that, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if they want you, you're a new government customer, a new government contractor, they can't get you, you know, you, right. you got to get those check boxes, right. You know, and it seemed like every time we got one checkbox, there was another one we had to get. Right. So uh, it, it was fortunate actually that that happened. It kind of migrated us into the safe city realm or the safe city world. And um, oh, we, okay. we started working with cities like, uh, you know, uh, Washington, DC, uh, Homeland Security, Emergency Management and uh, the city of Atlanta. Um, we actually uh, authored and produced uh, the city of Atlanta's Operation Shield uh, project for a five to 10 year plan to turn that into a safe city um, and eventually got selected 
to deliver that. So uh, our primary beginning of Edge 360 was delivering safe city solutions. Uh, let's highlight Atlanta just for the fact that, you know, it was, it was a uh, kind of a zero uh, playing field when we started, you know, Greenfield, and we, we grew it into quite a large program. At one point, there was 15,000 sensors, you know, spread out through public and, and um, uh, private uh, entities. Okay. Uh, so the interesting piece about that was what we realized real quick was, you know, security really is the same for the military as it is for the cities. And a lot of instances, it was more difficult for the cities because, you know, they don't have the, uh, you know, the, 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 what do you want to call it? The impactful results that the military is allowed to have Right. right. The yeah, city's got to, exactly. yeah, they got to, they got to do a lot more to keep people safe and they have to be really, you know, cognizant of, of their surrounding and what's going on. So we just kind of brought our experience to them and, and built out a bunch of common operating uh, systems based on PSIM. So we were pretty much an integrator delivering PSIM solutions into safe city organizations for the first, let's say five or six years. Oh, okay. Yeah. See that, that part I didn't realize. So, yeah. so um, integrator born. Integrator born. Okay. Well, that's, I'm sure born. there are some so, benefits from that. You, you, you know what it's like to be, you know huge what your, your right. customers are going through, assuming yeah. that that's the channel you sell. Through absolutely. Them. Absolutely. Well, sure. so the, the, let's call the, you know, the progress of that or the metamorphosis that we went through was we realized, you know, over the last 10 years that, you know, being a traditional integrator in a world trying to deliver, deliver, you know, let's say PSIM, you know, I know it's an old acronym now, but PSIM type solutions, you know, you really had to be pretty deep in development in order to be able to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started building up a core developmental staff here at Edge360 that was able to like build, you know, add on products to the PSIMs and, and write their own drivers and create, you know, small, you know, uh, ancillary products that would augment the bigger products, the bigger third party products that we were, we were, you know, using in the cities to solve the things that couldn't be solved, right? So, you know, you, you fast forward again, you know, years go by, um, we got back into, uh, you know, federal contracting. Um, I, I, you're probably aware we won a contract for Department of State where we provide all the security um, to all the embassies on the planet. Okay. So, so we provide all the technical security um, for all the embassies on the planet. So you can imagine how large of scale and scope that is. It's massive. Wow. Yeah. Right. Well, again, when you start looking at technology and where technology was and, 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 and what the problems were, they were routine. Everywhere you went, you seemed to have the same problem, right? You know, getting, uh, you know, large amounts of data across low bandwidth, high latency networks, um, dealing with uh, integrations to multiple different third-party solutions that didn't provide, um, you know, the APIs you may need or the technology you may need for that overall common operating picture to work. Right. You know, so getting, you know, the best of breed that everyone likes to call. Okay. Let's get all the best of breeds, bring them together. Well, it turns out that over time, the best of breeds decided that, well, we're going to be our own best of breed and we're not going to work with anybody else anymore. Right. Yeah. So, right. So we went from the open platform integration type solution to this, um, you know, closed platform where you use everything that's mine or, or, you know, nothing else. You know, right. kind of, you know, the, the, so all of a sudden it was a tail wagging the dog, right? So sure. we found that um, what we could not deliver was a bunch of best of breed technologies like we were talking about into one common operating picture because no one was allowing it. So all of a sudden the integrator started to be the blame of why these solutions weren't working when it really turned out to be the technology just wouldn't allow it anymore. You know, because everyone was kind of migrating into this, you know, buy my platform, it's going to provide video access control analytics, LPR, this, that, the other thing, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different things, you wind up having a jack of all trades, but a master of none. 
right? right. And we felt like that was very unfair to our customers, right? Because our customers were demanding that we did different things, but it was starting to get very difficult to deliver those things, right? So again, I mentioned earlier that um, we built up our development staff to write drivers and add-ons. Well, over the years, we started building products to, f- uh, to fill in the gaps, primarily in 3D. Um, we built a, a, our own 3D engine because we found that there was no 3D engine out there that was actually designed for security. They were all designed for like building construction. You know, you know sure. how many pipes are going to go in this wall? Can they fit? Right. right. So we decided to build a scalable solution for 3D that was purposely built for security. Solutions. For security design? No, uh, for security operations, for security use and operations. Okay. Right. And, and I was aware of that product. I don't know much about it, but I had some questions. And sure. not really where I wanted mm-hmm. to go with the conversation. But well, while we're there, let's go ahead and talk about that for a second. So it, sure. you know, in the 3D model, uh, the threat doesn't exist. So how do you... you you know, so how do you use the 3D model to mitigate a threat if that threat doesn't exist in the model? Well, okay. So what we do is we, so so let's start with 3D, right? We, yeah. You've been in the security, again, you, you have a lot of experience in your background and, and what you've done. And 3D has been a very challenging thing to push into the security world, sure. right? And I will be the first one to tell you as an integrator, I push 2D all the time. It's simple. 2D, north up, right? You know what yeah. it is. You're looking at it. Let's <laughs> exactly. keep it easy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, but the reality of it was our government customers lived in a 3D world. They didn't live in a 2D world. But the okay. 3D world that they lived in wasn't useful. Why? Because you can't see on the other side of the globe. You can't see behind the wall. You can't see behind the building. Okay. Right. To your point, the threat is not inside the environment. So what you do is you take the 3D that's already been leveraged by, uh, the, the, let's say, the customer. And I'll give you an example. You know, outside of government, who's got a lot of money and they build a lot of models and stuff like that, every new hospital, every new hotel, every data center, especially, and everything that's built these days comes with AutoCAD, you know, BIM models, exactly. 3D things that are designed for building construction and planning. Right. They're very bloated. They're very full of a lot of stuff that you don't care about. Like a wall outlet literally consists of like 5 million little pieces, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and what it winds up doing is choking systems down because it's just way too much data. Right? Sure. Yep. So uh, the other side of it is the 3D engines, right? They're very expensive. You know, we remember the Bridgeborns of the world and everybody else that was out there doing this. You're talking about a million dollars for just an engine, just a license to, to be able to display your 3D video. And a right. lot of these... They're very, very, very cumbersome, right? So again, over time, we built this 3D solution that is part of Surveil, which is our video management product that we're going to get into here in a little bit, but it is part of the solution. So what we did, oh, sorry. No worries. Well, that, so what we we did with 3D was we made it uh, affordable, deployable, and useful for security purposes. And, And I'll start with affordable. Right, we provide the 3D engine at no additional cost on the enterprise level with Surveil. So you buy uh, enterprise level of Surveil, which most of our large customers would have to do based on multi-site and everything like that. You're going to get the 3D engine for free. Okay. Massive cost savings right there to them, right? You know, we we sold this individually for years, right? But we stopped. Now we've you know we built it into um, Surveil and we we provided it no additional cost at the enterprise level. Right. Um, so uh, usability, right, for security. So. Again, what we do is we take your uh, 3D images that already exist, your 3D files that are your BIM models, your CAD models. We take them in and we run them through a converter. We basically have built a converter that we can dump them into. It basically strips out all the useless information that you will never need for a security posture and provides a lightweight model that looks identical to what you would see in your CAD thing, but it just strips out all the information that you don't need. Okay. Then we embed 2D images inside 
of those walls. So we use 2D floor plans inside of a 3D model and we give you the ability to look through them in what we call an X-ray mode, right? So oh, to your point, fun. right, your point, we don't have the threat inside the, 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 the 3D environment. What we do is a geographically referenced XYZ coordinate-based solution that has the shell of the building with the 2D on it. And then we use what's called volumetric uh, polygons. So we take a volume for a room or, or, or a, uh, a cage or a whatever you want to do it. We build a 3D volume that you don't see in the solution. It's invisible. But when it goes into alert versus an access control system, maybe from something else, uh, uh, incident uh, detection system, intrusion detection system, once they go into alert, you can pop them up however you want. Make them, make them show red, yellow, green, purple, blue. The okay. So instead of when, when an alert happens, instead of the operator looking at a 2D map, you know, with some icons pasted on there, that's a little hard to determine exactly what you're looking at. Yes. You can program it. So it actually comes up with a 3D image of the area that the yep. alert is in. All right. While we're still presenting it in 2D in the exact same way you just described. So yeah. we don't, we don't strip out the 2D. It's still there. That's one layer. You go okay. from no D to 2D to 3D, right? Okay. But what's right. interesting about that is now imagine you have a campus, right? And you have 12 buildings in the campus and you're new, right? right? Now, remember, most of the security guards aren't, you know, we're aging out, right? We got right, young exactly. guys coming in. Right. So it's built like a shooter game, a first person shooter game. It's, you know, the controls are all the same. You manipulate the thing exactly the same, but you can throw the whole world into crazy alerts in that 3D environment, put it into x-ray mode, and I can sit you or any other person down in front of it, and you can tell me exactly what's going on and where it's going on, because you have the ability to see all the way through the entire scene. Yeah, you okay. You can pull video through those scenes. We present the video in the scene. You can, you know, do your traditional, put it in the, you know, in the, in the frame around it if you like. But even okay. more unique, we give you the ability to do that at multiple sites at one time. So scalability. Nice. Yeah. non-existent in 3d for years we give you the ability to manage multiple incidents at one time yeah. for 3d 2d and video okay all, all right let me a, a couple of questions <laughs> a couple of questions came to me while we were talking so let me kind of get through those and then we'll kind of move on with what what i had hoped to get to but um if someone had asked me before our conversation uh what edge 360 does i would have said that they're a uh a VMS manufacturer. So from what you've told me so far, it sounds like that, that misses the mark by quite a ways. That may be well, true that you're- That's a what we've grown up into. <laughs> okay. That, that is, is, that, so, is that a current snapshot of what you do? That is a current. So yeah. So again, let's throw the fast forward you know, machine on one more time, right? right. So uh, I didn't get past the 3D. We got hung up on that one, which yeah, tends yeah. to happen <laughs> in this conversation a lot. Right. We have it, and that's right? fine. <laughs> right. But what, what, what the other thing that we built was a, uh, a video management platform. Right. Because that, to be honest with you, our biggest struggles that we've always had was getting good quality, rapid video management or video solutions into a command and control platform. So we built an engine. We didn't build a product. We built a, a video management engine that was designed to run behind PSIMs, BMS systems, anybody's front end system. They could take this engine, plug it in, and they would get the type of video that they would expect as if they bought the video management system standing on its own, right? So, you know, again, you know, we always came up, you know, being an integrator, delivering command and control solutions, the biggest challenge we had was going in and delivering a, com a combined platform with all this technology. And everyone would always say, why is the video so slow? Look how fast I get the video if I run it in the native client over here, it comes right up. But when yeah. I run it over here, it's incredibly slow. I want that. Right, right? yeah, well, okay. 
Right. I mean, have you experienced this in your past? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we're going to get to we're going to kind of get to why that is. But let me get my other okay. question in before we move on. So um, you've talked about some FedGov work and some municipality mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to characterize Edge 360 as specializing in government stuff or are you just as no. well in the commercial market? Yeah, no, not at all. So I, I would I would completely finish my statement that like I warned you, I have a lot of words, right? So <laughs> let me uh, let me finish the uh, the fast forward to where we are now. Mm -hmm. In 2021, um, we made a conscious decision that the video management platform that we had built, that Department of State had selected over everybody else, right? They, they, they purchased it and we're rolling it out globally. We are the, the, the video management provider for Department of State. For all the embassies, it was it's it's a great product, right? And it was built for purpose. And we sat it there and we looked at it. And we, you know, we were not a commercial product. You know, we're not a software. We weren't a software company. We were integrators who were solving problems, but we could not solve the problem because it just uh, you know modern video management didn't exist in the industry. Right. So you know, and and our customers were very very annoyed with spending a lot of money and not being successful. Um, so we you know said this is how you solve it, and 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 it solved it. So then we took a look back and said, hey, this is really quite a good product, right? And we were getting a lot of traction. A lot of people are interested in it. So we decided in 2020, actually, that we were going to commercialize the product. And as of 2021, we were no longer going to be an integrator. We were focused 100% on being a software you know, provider mm -hmm. into the commercial industry as well as the federal space. But we are no longer an integrator. We're not, you know, if... Navy comes in and wants to do, you know, a giant Navy job and use our product. That's great. Some integrator needs to sell it to them, right? right. We're selling. So we, we made a conscious decision January 1, 2021, that we were no longer going to be integrators and we are not taking on any more integration work. We're focused hundred percent on development. We've grown our development staff by three times. We've right. built a surveil team, you know, for supporting commercial products, you know, all the stuff that you need to do go along with that. And we are uh, venturing off into the commercial space. Okay, perfect. That's, that's that, and that's that's some good background. So let's let's move into what I was really excited about talking about with you today, and and to kind of I don't know set the set the stage here. This has kind of been a pet peeve of mine for decades, uh, and so that's why I'm so excited to to be able to explore some of this with you a little bit. So it always seems like it has for decades. It seems like the security industry is lagging by probably a decade. Mm -hmm. Other you know, modern IT systems and solutions, and we can never seem to catch up. Um, and you know, there's various reasons that you could say, well, we're taking yeah. other solutions and adopting them for um, adapting them to security solutions and that kind of thing. Um, but, but I'm not sure that that's a, that that's a good excuse. Um, and so what I'm hoping that we're going to kind of uncover in this discussion today is how you have taken a modern approach to VMS and built it using the same policies and solutions and methodologies that other modern IT systems are using. Right. So that's kind of where, where I wanted to get today. Yeah. So talk to us about that. Um, talk to us about in what ways have um, legacy security systems fallen behind modern IT solutions sure, sure. It, it, you know it's funny it's like you said it's a it's the excuse right it, yeah. it is an excuse it's not a good one but it's, it's right a valid it's what we have right I, I think honestly it's just because it just didn't have to you know the industry didn't got into okay. this churn and burn kind of uh mentality and again it's coming from an integrator's background it was just you know you kind of just did the same old thing that everybody was doing just like this industry's always been look how long it took us to shift from analog to digital it's painful. yeah 
that's probably the prime exact example, right? There was no reason for us to to lag that far behind. But it's just, you know, it's changing the ways it's, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's changing a religion. Right. And we still, you know, and I guarantee you, you know, you're, you, you there are still a lot of things that I love about analog cameras. Mm hmm. Right. Just because of, you know, there's just because we're we use them for so long. They always work. You put a coax in there, it always works. No matter how bad it is, you just get maybe get the ant races. Right. But it's still got video. You know what I mean? You don't get this digital splashing and the the, the artifacts that you get nowadays. And, you know, and and we fought it. Right. You and I probably fought it for a while until we started to realize that, you know, the 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 benefit of Mm -hmm. of switching over to digital and what you can do and rapid deployment, all that kind of great stuff and what you get along with it. Right. Right. so it's, and you also said something to the point where we're about a decade behind, right? Yeah. And it's true. But meanwhile, you know, as the IT industry was moving forward, the security industry was venturing into this crazy digital age, right? But we were still focused on NVRs and DVRs and, you know, and, and non-enterprise solutions and using older technology. Why? Because we didn't have to change, right? Because right. it basically did what we needed to do and it was good enough, right? right? It was good enough for a long time. So now you look at where we're at and all of a sudden we've gone from, you know, what, 420 to 720 to 1080 to 1K to 2K to 4K to 8K to yeah. multiple head sensor, you know, 10K cameras that are producing more data out of one camera than they used to produce out of an entire fob, a base full of yep, cameras, right? Exactly. Yep. So what, what happened, right? Like, so all of a sudden, the, the, the technology that security, your traditional security user and deployer right, for a, a Walmart or something like that, is using, is now destroying the local network, mm-hmm, right? right? They're, they're yeah. slapping all this stuff on the local network and all of a sudden the network's just grinding to a halt, right? So right. what's the, the, the evolution of that is it goes from being a security product into an IT product, right? And that's what I've seen to be the biggest transition that's been difficult is you went from security operators, security users, and security deployers into this IT world where now security is an IT responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. But the challenge to all that is that guy, does he really exist, right? Does Does the security guy who knows IT really well exist in the common way that the IT guy exists and the security guy exists, right? Right. Yeah. They, 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 this is the anomaly. This is this is the challenge of a business these this day. And when you're looking for like you know deployment engineers and stuff like that, these you realize that they don't exist. And there's a very good reason why they don't exist because IT is IT, and IT was about routers and you know and switches and 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 making you know Windows NT into Windows 2000 <laughs> all the way up work and you know making my word work and making sure Clippy worked when I needed Clippy to work for me, right? right. And all of a sudden now surveillance was thrust into this environment. Well, it didn't change, right? right. But IT had to change, right? right? And the infrastructure around IT went from being computers at your desk, right? To computers in your closet, to computers in somebody else's closet, which is now what we call the cloud, right? Yeah, exactly. I wish I was that guy who could figure out that, hey, your computer is now my computer and I'm going to call yeah. it the cloud. I'm rich, right? You know? yeah. <laughs> so right. that happened, right? And and the um, the infrastructure around that just dramatically changed to this virtual world where whether it's private cloud or public cloud, it's all built on cloud-based technology, which horizontally scalable, right? Manageable. Yeah. That's that we'll hit on that a lot more. We'll start talking about manageability, you yeah. know, and what it really means to deploy an enterprise solution across something that's, you know, true enterprise and, and, and why it's important to shift 
you know, the technology from, you know, a, a traditional architecture that worked great through the 90s and the early 2000s to a modern architecture that's the exact same architecture that that infrastructure is built on. Right. So if I was to give you what the challenge was to us, right, and what we had to overcome was it wasn't that we, VMS is VMS. We all understand what it does, right? Mm-hmm. right. I call it the braces of the industry. You have to have it. Right. right. So, but we understand what it needs to do in practicality. We understand what it needs to deliver. The question is, how do you deliver that at an enterprise level across a modern architecture that's designed to scale when your solution is not designed to scale? Right. right. And yeah. why is that okay for the security industry to not have to comply or not have to, you know, address the fact that, you know, I can't scale along with the, the hardware and infrastructure that I'm building? Right. Perfect. So, so we integrated, and my, this is the way I like to explain it, is we didn't, we didn't build a VMS. We integrated video management into the current IT architecture and infrastructure. Right. right? And so, so what, what I'd like to do is kind of put a, a, even a finer point on the conversation, if we could, and talk mm-hmm. about containerization. So sure. uh, because I work primarily in the cybersecurity world, I look at c- containerization as something that benefits uh, programmers and developers because programmers yep. and developers can do their work much faster and, and much more secure. And I, and I, because of my perspective, I think I oftentimes forget about the benefits, which are probably right. certainly more important to the end user of what con- right. containerization does for, for the final solution and the end user who's using right. that product. So talk to us about that a little bit. Uh, containerization, some of the benefits of using it and, and why you chose to, to go that way. Yeah, well, I love the way you teed that one up right there. And, and let me explain to you why, because you're right. Like containerization is primarily something, co- containerization and microservices is what our solution is built on, right? Microservices mm-hmm. is how we architect it, how we build it, right? right? And containerization is how we wrap it up and deliver it. Sure. Right, really. But the reality of it is you're right. It has a lot to do with development. And, and, and I get this question every now and then, but not, the way you put it, you put it perfect, right? Why does a development technique or or something that really helps developers, how does that relate to an end user? Why does it really matter? Yeah, why right? do they care? Right. Okay, let's just go back to the, the simple case of, if you're deploying, I'm gonna ask the question, I don't know if you're gonna answer it right, but I'm gonna ask it anyway, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna well, there's no wrong answer, obviously, right? But okay. if you're gonna deploy a solution, an enterprise, a large enterprise solution. I mean, we're going to deploy it across a globe. We're going to deploy it across a US-based company with you know 50 sites, large enterprise solution, lots of different servers everywhere. It's one thing to get it out there. What's the hardest part about that, you know, from that day forward? Probably the however you've created it and deployed it, it needs to run on that same operating system and you don't have a, a universe of the same operating system. So mm-hmm. once you once you put it out there, now it's going to run on Windows machines and it's going to run on Linux right. machines. Right. Uh, it may be running on some Mac OS machines. So uh, getting it to work universally across right. all of the environments that it may be required to run in, I think is right. something that the industry has struggled with. Absolutely. Now there's, you know, there's two different flavors of this thing, right? There's, there's the, a cloud-based Right. And then there's, you know, a containerized microservice base. That's a hybrid version. Right. We're still talking about video management, video security, sure. a lot of a lot of bandwidth, a lot of data, you know, being able to like, you know, if you have onesie, twosie camera, your ring type cameras, great. Put them in the cloud. No problem. Right. right. But, you know, if you have a, a, a large footprint and a lot of data, you're going to have to do a hybrid solution where you're recording on the cloud or on, on prem. 
and then right. you're pushing forward. But you're right, right? It's about it's it's about managing that solution from that day forward, right? right? The biggest challenge that we have on large enterprise solutions, and that's what we've been doing for years as integrators, isn't necessarily deploying them. That is a challenge, right? But maintaining them and managing them, and keeping them up to up to date, keeping mm -hmm. version control up to date, and being able to react to vulnerabilities, right? Right. So, so go back to microservices and containerization, right? Development tools. But what they provide, let's talk about microservices for a second, if, if, if that's okay. You, sure. Right. So microservices basically takes our software, right? And breaks it all up into multiple different little software packets that get bundled up in, in, in one packet, right? Mm -hmm. And then that gets put into a container, right? And the container contains everything you need to your point, to run that solution, right? It's got the, the you know, the, the OS requirements are all in there. All the prerequisites are in there. Everything is validated, checked, and ready to go. You bundle up that container, you push that container forward, that container goes out, expands, and runs inside of its own ecosystem, right? right? So you're no longer having to rely on an end user somewhere in, on, on another site, you know, going through a list of 5,000 things he's got to check before he deploys that solution, Right, right. So that's the, the deployment side of it. But even more importantly, we start talking about cybersecurity vulnerabilities, you know, IA, um, and just versioning control, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about, you know, take that to the vulnerability side, right? Vulnerabilities are not what they used to be, right? Back in the day, everyone's like, oh, my software doesn't contain any vulnerabilities. Well, you're correct. When we ship our software, we take, when we build our containers, everything is cataloged and indexed. Every piece of code that's in there, all the libraries, and we run it against a check to see if there's any vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And there's not, right? Because we, we, we're actively on it. And then, therefore we know we have a, a good piece of software that we can deploy out to the commercial world, or if it's a private cloud onto their private cloud, and then they can roll it out, right? But guess what? By Wednesday or Friday, what's going to happen? Right. Right? You, ha you have some open source dependencies and now, those and now those things right. have vulnerabilities. Vulnerabilities now are not something that we can say we don't have. They're something that we have to, we have to say that we can react to, that right. we can manage, right? So in order to manage a global solution or an enterprise solution at any level, you have to be able to react to a vulnerability or a change that a customer may want that has to be implemented because we all know there's a lot of snowflakes out there, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's, everybody's, project has some little snowflake in it that has to be addressed, right? Right. So by building in microservices and building containerization, we not only build the, the software into sizable chunks that can be addressed when a vulnerable when a vulnerability is identified, but we also index and catalog everything that's out in the production environment through the containerization process. So we can run IA and, and vulnerability checks against those while they're already out in production, define where the problem is, address the solution, patch the solution, bundle it up in a container and push it out and nobody knows it. The right. end users never see it happen. But the ability of it is again, we don't have to, we don't have to build a patch. We don't have to build an, uh, 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 an upgrade solution that you have to go out, strip down the solution and reinstall it. That's what the competition does, right? Yeah. They have to touch their servers. We always say, if you got to touch it, you can't maintain it. Right. Right. Because yeah. by the time you touch all of those across your enterprise, you're already seven versions behind and you can never keep up. So what do you do? You settle. Right? right. Everyone settles for, oh, I'm just going to stay on this version because I know it works. You know, yeah, I know I right. have vulnerabilities, but it's okay. It's only video management it goes right back to what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Why is security technology held to a different standard when it's for security? It's for right? security. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you're, 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 you build this IT infrastructure that has this ability to be upgraded and maintained on the fly, you know, react to vulnerabilities, 
right? Be able to scale horizontally when need be based on what you want to buy. If, if, if I want to add a billion terabytes, whatever that might be, right? <laughs> into my network, why should the video management care? Why do I have to, like, I don't care. So what we do is say, just, just attach it, spin right. up more servers. If you want to run, if, if you want to put five servers on one camera, do it, right? Because it's your hardware that you're using, right? You right. already have the software. If you want to put a hundred servers on one camera, do it. We don't care. Just spin up more cycles of it, which you can just spin up more instances, one mm -hmm. after another, after another, after another. You can have a hundred times redundancy if that's what you want on one camera. And it, it, it doesn't matter to the way our architecture is built. And it gives our, our customers the ability to scale from one camera with no redundancy to hundreds of thousands of cameras with massive redundancy at individual sites. All right. Fascinating. So we're, we're running a little bit short on time. And I want to squeeze one more question in here before we kind of wrap it up. So if we were to, you know, take our lens and pull back out again now, and if I'm, a, if I'm an end user, Mm -hmm. And and I've used legacy VMSs for years, and now I'm going to use a uh, an Edge 360 VMS uh, Surveil VMS. I think you call it Surveil. Surveil VMS. Yep. How is that going to be different? What am I going to gain? Um, what's my experience going to be like that I'm going to appreciate? Scalability number one. Okay. Manageability number two, and ease of use. And ease of right, use, so, okay. And ease of use. So what we're doing by, you know, by delivering it the way we deliver it. Remember, we're not going back to the old days where we're saying that we're um, providing uh, failover because we're using VMware, right? That's what everybody did, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, it. We, it comes with yeah, VMware. Absolutely. It's built yeah, it in, comes, right? It's built in. It's perfect. It's not. Our application is built 100% within the application in the microservices, right? So you could strip it out of the containers if you wanted to and run it on a, you know, on, on, on hardware, install it that way, and it would operate the same way as it does within the container. So you have an arc, you have a, a solution that's designed to manage all of that difficult and detailed uh, uh, infrastructure build out mm -hmm. inside itself. So as a user, you go and you deploy the software, you load it up, you say, I want to join the global cluster or whatever cluster. I want this node to be on that cluster. You click a button, it does it automatically. It builds the clusters, manages the clusters, takes them up and down, uh, builds all of that does all that detailed stuff that you need a very high, you know, uh, understanding of IT done within the software. And it does it in a matter of minutes, Yeah. right? So it's easy to install. Um, manageability and sustainability, I would say to me is the number one thing, right? Vulnerabilities the, the, exist. On the manageability side that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems to me like one of the benefits would be now that I don't have to have that unicorn who knows IT and security. Right. If I've got a, if I've got a guy who really knows IT, then it doesn't matter to him that it's a VMS because it's built like every other modern yes. piece of IT infrastructure that he's used to using. Yep. Um, so it's that, gonna that, give you're correct. It's going to give them the environment that they're used to operating in. I always use Google Chrome as a good example. You know, you're sitting there using Google Chrome. We all do, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it says you have an update right? Do you want to right. restart Google Chrome's browser? You yep. restart it, it instantly pops back up. Why? Because the new Google Chrome has already been delivered to your computer, installed, validated yep. that it's working. And all it does is shut down the old one and bring up the new one. Exactly. Guess what? Let's say the new one fails. The old one's still there. That right. one just turns off and the old one comes back on. There's no more stripping down, backing up, reinstalling. It's all automated. It's all active, right. active upgrades. The end users never see any downtime. The solution just does it like you would expect. You have the ability to manage your upgrades, right? You see, 
you see how they're rolling. You, you, you publish an, up, an update. If it's a private cloud, they would publish it. Public cloud, we publish it. You publish it and you see it all go out. Okay, these 10 servers are downloading. Now they've downloaded. You can set it up to say, okay, prompt me to say, hey, there's an install ready. Do I want to do it? Yes, yeah. do it. No, I may have a protest or something going on this weekend. I don't want to risk it. I'm going to wait till next Tuesday. The main system, the IT professional knows that because he has to put the reason in why he didn't do it. Right. And then he's got the answer. He can go back and do it again. Yeah. Now start thinking about vulnerabilities and challenges. Like you said earlier, it's a developer's tool, but it's a developer's tool, which gives us the ability to rapidly address any IA or cybersecurity threat that comes out, apply it to the software and push the patch out without any impact on the end users. Right. Okay. okay. All right. So we, we probably need to wrap up. So I want to end with this, uh, this kind of open-ended question. The, the essence of this question is, uh, what, what did I fail to ask that I should have asked? So what does our audience need to know, either about Edge 360 or about modern IP practices and how that relates to um, BMSs? Well, you asked a lot of good questions. Right? Oh, thanks. <laughs> right? So I think we covered a lot. It's even hard to remember everything that we did cover. Well, the things I would say about Edge 360 and Surveil. All right. Uh, the hard, you know, we're, we're, we're new to the commercial industry, but we're not new to the industry. You know, we've been integrators for a, quite a long time. You know, Edge has been around since 2010. Um, we're a substantial company. You know, we're, we're, we're not small. We're not a startup, nothing like that. And Surveil, uh, the product has existed for five years now. Okay. Um, we just, you know, had a specific mission that we're using it for, and we figured, you know what, it's time to release it into the wild, right? We, 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 we have a solution that, we know solves a problem that as an integrator, we were not able to solve with the industry standards that exist. So we decided to commercialize and take it forward. None of this is new, right? Um, you know, we're, we're moving into the industry, gaining a lot of traction industry, um, you know, gaining a lot of customers as of late, if people are just really starting to jump on board, which is great and fun and scary yeah. and all those things, <laughs> sure. right? but it's moving. And, right. uh, you know, we understand the customer's pain and all of our products from, you know, from Surveil to our 3D, which is now inside of Surveil, which is, you know, comes included with Surveil, was built mm -hmm. for purpose. None of this was built because we wanted to. We didn't, we didn't come up with an idea 10 years ago to build a VMS platform to go out after the commercial industry. We just could not solve a problem uh, with, uh, you know, with VMS in the modern IT infrastructure as it grew. So we decided to build a foundation platform for command and control, for security purposes going forward on what we feel or what we know as the most important piece of it, the video management. Every solution you build is built on video management. Sure, data and a lot of other uh, things are great, um, sure. but it always comes back to the video. So we built a foundation platform based on modern practices that can be maintained, sustained, and deployed at an enterprise level the way a modern IT infrastructure is built with the same technology. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So we are out of time, but thank you so much, John, for, for spending some time with us today. We sincerely appreciate it. I'm sure our audience is going to love this. And I also want to thank our audience and our listeners for being with us. And please remember to like and subscribe if you find this podcast interesting. And join us next time for another episode of the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast. <laughs>